Welcome to Swarupa Vidya Ashram. My name is Swami Nirmalananda. Each audio is a discourse that I offered at a satsang, a free meditation program, and was followed by meditation. These teachings address the underlying questions of life. Who am I? Why am I here? How do I do what I came here to do? I went to my guru with these same questions. While he gave me the teachings I share here, most importantly, he gave me the inner experience they describe. This is why I teach, to share the same with you, both the theory and the inner experience of your own inherent divinity. The bliss of consciousness is your birthright. Meditate and discover that you are greater than you could ever imagine. Om Namah Shivaya Gurave Satchidananda Murtaye Nishpapanchaya Shantaya Niralambaya Tejase Muktanandaya Gurave Shisha Samsara Harine Bhakta Kayaika Dehaya Namaste Chitsaratmane Heta Vejagatameva Samsara Navasitave Prabhave Satvidyanam Shambhave Gurave Namaha Guru Brahma, Guru Vishnu, Guru Devo Maheshwara, Guru Sakshat Parabrahma, Tasmahi Shri Gurave Namaha, Om Swarupa Svasvabhava Namo Namaha. Om. I bow to my own self. I bow to my Baba's own self. I bow to his Baba's own self. I bow to your own self. Oh Shiva, your own essence and beingness the one reality being you and being all. Again and again I bow. Om Swarupa Swaswa Bhava Namo Namaha. Freedom from fear. Freedom from fear is one of the ways that enlightenment is described. When you are self-realized, you have no fear because you have realized yourself. You know your own self, the one divine reality beyond time and space, beyond individuality, beyond need, greed, and fear. It's called freedom. Liberation from the cycles of birth and death. Spiritual freedom. When he was 16 years old, my Baba was promised 
he would attain this great state. Can you imagine at 16 being told that you would become enlightened in this lifetime? The one who told him was a great guru, head of an ashram, honored and revered for his great state and profound wisdom. Siddharuda Swami gave sannyas initiation, Swami initiation, to Baba at the age of 16, naming him Muktananda, the bliss of liberation. What a promise. Still, Baba had some work to do before he attained it. First, he had six years with Siddharuda, then studying in other ashrams and traveling on foot, pilgrimage to holy sites for 25 years. Finally, it was Nityananda who gave enlightenment to Muktananda, for which he remained grateful and faithful in all the remaining decades of his life. Baba wrote, May Sri Nityananda, the self of all, and the goal of thou art that, who dwells in Ganeshpuri and plays in the heart of Muktananda, shower on his Siddha students, that's us, the nectar of supreme bliss, and grant them eternal joy and everlasting peace. How would you feel about the one who set you free? The gift is the gift of freedom. Freedom from karma, freedom from fear, freedom from bondage, from being what others think you should be, even freedom from what you think you should be. Freedom to know and to be that which is being all. Freedom to love fully, to give generously, to serve with abandon, to care so deeply, and to share the most important thing, the bliss of beingness, your own self. Baba gave this away to anyone who wanted it. The sages wrote yogic texts about enlightenment, but my Baba gave the experience to anyone who wanted it. It's like if you watch a cooking video with delicious recipes compared to having someone make them for you. Yum. Baba made it all accessible for me and for thousands of others. Many who came went away thinking that was a great weekend. But some of us went away thinking this is a great way to live. It's the only way to live. Baba's gift of Shaktipat initiation, his teachings and the practices he gave us made us able to attain his promise of freedom. For you need the bliss, yes, but you also need to understand it and to support it. The teachings make you able to understand it. The practices support it so you can live in the bliss of your own beingness right in the middle of life. You need all three. One, the experience of the self. Two, to understand it. 
three to do the practices that support it. The bliss comes from your own self. You are already your own self. In every moment, in every day of every year of your life, you can't be anyone or anything else. You are you. But you get lost in stuff. You get lost in need, greed, and fear. You get lost in other people, seeing how they see you and trying to get what you want from them. These are called the kleshas, the root bindings. They are the causes of your bondage and pain. There are five of them. Avidya, smita, raga, dvesha, abhinavesha, panchaklesha. Yoga Sutras, Chapter 2, Sutra 3, Yoga Sutras 2.3. Avidya, smita, raga, dvesha, abhinavesha, panchaklesha. Not knowing of self. Identification, desire, aversion, and fear of death are the root bindings that consciousness takes on to become you. The glaciers are the foundational constrictions by which Shiva, the divine reality, becomes the individual. And the glaciers are also the map to freedom. When you understand the kleshas, you can begin to wriggle out of them like Harry Houdini getting out of a straitjacket. However, it's not an external straitjacket. These are spiritual fetters, so all your work is inside. I'll begin at the top. You are Shiva, primordial consciousness and beingness. The one divine reality has become everyone and everything. Taking on individuality by limiting his divine knowingness, beingness, and bliss. Everyone and everything who exists have all five clashes, but in lots of individual patterns and permutations. I'll offer a scholarly note here. The sage Patanjali never called the one divine reality by the name Shiva or any of the other Sanskrit names for God. He wrote only of the self, Swarupa, which he also termed Purusha, both mean self in Sanskrit. I am setting his teaching like a precious gem in a beautiful setting like in a ring. This is a setting made of mystical theology. So you can better catch the flavor of the cosmic reality that you are and why you don't know who you are. Shiva is the name of primordial beingness. But as Shiva manifested the universe within himself, he also agreed to step into it and play a part. Thus, we have Shiva, whom we call Rudra, the meditating yogi, dwelling in his Himalayan home. While Shiva, at the same time, whom we call Padma Shiva, contains Mount Kailasa and all the Himalayas, 
as well as the whole earth, the galaxy, the galaxies, and beyond, all within his own being. The formless and the form. All made of the same substance, the same divine essence that is being all, including you. So, Shiva was meditating, immersed within his own formlessness and bliss for eons and eons beyond the measure of time, absolute stillness and beingness. Bliss. Always. Only one. Shiva. Then he thought. I will see what it feels like to be empty instead of full, empty. So Shiva took on the form of emptiness, absolute nothingness. Shunya, the void, like a dark curtain hiding the light of consciousness, hiding the bliss of beings. Shiva being, not Shiva. This is Avidya the first of the kleshas, the root bindings that Shiva takes on in order to feel that he is not Shiva. Avidya means not knowing. Vidya being knowing and the short A before it, negating it, ah, not, vidya, knowing. The ashram is named Swarupa Vidya, meaning the knowing, vidya, of Swarupa, your own self. But Shiva took on avidya, not knowing. Now his experience was like Huh? Wait. Just a minute ago, I I knew who I was. Or I thought I knew who I was. But now I don't know. Hmm, this is weird. This feels really strange. I feel alone. Empty. I feel terrible. I will find something or someone to be. So Shiva took on another layer. Another klesha. Asmita to create a superficial sense of self because it feels so empty to not know who you are. Shiva looked around for things he could use to create a sense of self. He had a wife, Parvati, so he could be a husband. He had a home on the top of Mount Kailasa so he could be a mountain dweller. He could use the things around him to construct a substitute sense of self, which I call the smallest self. It's your sense of self that is based on where you live, who you know, 
and what you do, asmita. This term is often translated as ego, but it's a really misleading term because ego is what you do to pump yourself up. Instead, asmita is always cutting you down. Asmita is always saying, you're not enough. You're not good enough. You're not smart enough. You're not pretty enough. You're not strong enough. You're not fast enough. You're not enough. I call it your puniness. You have to work hard at making yourself feel puny. Your mind reminds you thousands of times every day. Of course, if you worked that hard at knowing your own shivaness, you'd be enlightened in days. Ramana Maharshi did it in 12 hours. Instead, avidya, the not knowing of your shivaness, propels you into constructing a puny sense of self, asmita. Oh, and the cycle begins. Everything you use to create your smallest self becomes something you desire, raga. If you're a musician, you desire musical instruments. In 2011, Richard Gere sold off 110 of the guitars from his collection. I bet he kept a few, right? Oh, Keith Richards of the Rolling Stones has over 3,000 guitars. Raga, desire. If you're a chef, you desire kitchen equipment. If you're a Swarupa yoga teacher, you desire blankets. Yes. So your asmita, small as self, propels desire. And when you want something, you want it now. This is called inflamed desire, raga. And there are things you want to avoid things you are averse to, things that are abhorrent to you, dvesha. If you love sporty little cars like I do, you're averse to traffic jams. I love a big open road, preferably with some curves. Oh, I love mountain driving when I've got a good gearbox and I can manage it all without touching my brakes. But traffic jams, ugh. Slow and go, we call it in Southern California. Freeways with a speed limit of 65 or 70 miles an hour, and you're lucky if you get up to 15. I've been known to drive miles out of my way to avoid traffic. You too? Vesha. Avoidance, aversion, it gets worse. It's your reaction to stuff that disgusts you. Like the flu with vomiting and diarrhea. It's bad weather like the flood we had here a couple of years ago. It's the stuff you hate. Stuff that makes you squirm in your seat. Stuff you do everything to avoid, dvesha, aversion, abhorrence. Shiva, having become asmita, your own smallest self, desires some things and abhors others. Understandably, then, 
The next klesha is fear, abhinavesha, fear that you won't get what you want, fear that things will happen that you don't want to have happen, fear of losing what you've got, fear of never getting where you want to go, fear of dying. Abhinavesha is literally fear of death and an instinctive clinging to worldly life and the body. Even people in great pain or with terrible illness will cling to life, all because of abhinavesha, fear. Baba says, Parashiva is without birth and death, without beginning and end. He is devoid of thought. He is self-evident and fills everything. The transcendent being exists everywhere. But on our delusion, we do not understand this. Because of our delusion, avidya, you don't know who you really are. You are Shiva after Shiva took on the veil of not knowingness, hiding his beingness from himself by becoming you and me. From avidya, the dominoes begin to fall. Avidya, asmita, raga, vesha, abhinavesha. Avidya, not knowing, bink. Asmita, identification with small as self, bink. Raga, inflamed desire, bink. Vesha, aversion, abhorrence, bink. Abhinavesha, fear of death. Think, and you're bound. The fear of death is not merely fear of bodily death. Yes, you understand that one day you will die. This body can serve as a vehicle for your presence only for so long, and then you go. But most people don't perceive death as being close to them. This is why Yudhishthira, a king from 5,000 years ago, said, Every day, thousands of living beings die. But while living, one foolishly thinks himself immortal and does not prepare for death. This is the most amazing thing in the world. You are going to die. And it's probably something you don't think about every day. So you don't feel the fear of death often. Except that every fear is a variation on the theme. Every fear, every worry, anxiety, every concern, disturbance, all your turmoil and angst are variations of fear of death. Not the big D, capital D, death of the body, but the death of your identities. When something threatens your small as self, you go into a panic or a protective mode. Or maybe you're full of blame for others who are creating this problem or perhaps guilt. You turn and you stress over it. Why? Because your small as self is going to die. One yoga student told me, 
The day the doctor said I had to give up jogging was the worst day of my life. Her identity as a runner had to die. Then she constructed a new small S self as a yogi. Much better for her, at least for her knees. But loss of identity is like a small death. Just ask all the people recently laid off from their jobs. It's a big deal. Everything that threatens your puny sense of self is scary. Until you're no longer puny. Once you know who you are, oh, Shiva, things you do are simply the things you do. They don't make you who you are. And if you lose someone dear to you, yes, you've lost them. But you haven't lost who you were when you were with them. You're still you. Because the you that you are is a deeper you, your own self, is primordial beingness, consciousness itself. Potentially tells you to resolve the kleshas backwards. Whenever you feel anxiety, oh, we're starting over here, bink. Whenever you feel anxiety, you look to see what desire or aversion is being triggered. Abinivation, fear of death, arises whenever you feel you might have to experience something you're averse to or that your desire won't be fulfilled. Thus, when you feel anxious, just check to see if it's Vesha or Raga that's being triggered like, oh no, I'm going to have to do X, Y, Z. I hate this stuff. Or, oh no, I'm not going to get ABC. I won't be me if I can't have it. You're afraid you'll have to do things you hate. You're afraid that you won't get what you desire. Every aversion and every desire is propping up asmita, small as self. So look to see which small as self is involved. You're feeling anxious. You're feeling aversion. You're feeling desire. It's because of the small as self. Look to see which small as self is involved. You have many of them, of course. In addition to your identity as a meditator or a yogi, which is why you're here today, or maybe as a spiritual seeker, you are also a wife or sister, a husband or son. And you have an identity as a healthy eater or maybe a junk food junkie. You can also be a Trekkie or a member of the BTS army and a yogi. Every superficial identity can be threatened. So when you experience fear, you see what's being threatened. Or when you feel aversion or desire, you see which identity is being triggered. And then you can say, yes, I do this thing like baking or crossword puzzles, but it's not who I am. Even if I lose this thing, or even if I choose to stop doing it, it's okay. It's just an identity. 
Then you peel back the identity and you find a vidya that you don't know your essence. Your own self is hidden from you. There's a point where you go into that void, that seeming emptiness beyond your mind, beyond your identities, beyond who you think you are. Ideally, this is in meditation, for it's the easiest way to get through. But I remember, long before I found yoga, I'd often wake in the middle of the night feeling so lost and utterly alone. Total emptiness, a deep feeling of not knowing. I'd stare into the dark, not moving, not really breathing, and just be stuck there for hours. For some people, it's scary. For me, it was merely dreadful. Avidya, the not knowingness. Finally, I found a way to handle it. Get up and have some ice cream. (laughs) It was best if I ate it out of the carton. Then I washed the spoon so no one would know. Activity, distraction, pleasure. But it didn't really help, you know. It was just temporary. Avidya came back again. It got to where I could feel it was there under everything all the time. Then I got Shaktipat from Baba. My first meditation, Shiva took form, walked into that utter darkness and pierced my heart. It was scary and so liberating. I have been growing into freedom ever since. Shaktipat is the shortcut. Shaktipat frees you from avidya. The veil of not knowingness is pierced. The root cause of limitation cannot hold you anymore. Oh, you'll grab back. It takes a while for the other clashes to dissolve before you can settle into your own self. The other clashes dissolve. Asmita, you still know who you know. Go where you go, do what you do. But none of them make you who you are. These are ways you give of yourself, sharing the depth and presence that is opening up in you. Raga and Dvesha, desire and aversion, they dissolve. And you can still eat popcorn. I do. I don't have it for dinner anymore. (laughs) Abhinavesha, fear of death. It's gone. Fear of the small D deaths and fear of the big D death. It's gone. Why? Because you know you are Shiva. And like Baba says, Parashiva, that is you. You are without birth and death, without beginning and end. You are beyond thought. You are self-evident. 
and you feel everything. Your own transcended being exists everywhere, and now you understand this. Oh, Shiva, you are you. Om Swarupa Swaswa Bhavanamo Namaha.